Shalom Malachim, and welcome back to the broadcast, Peace Be Upon You. I'm Sean, your host. Today we are looking at our Torah portion for the week, and this week we have two portions scheduled. Um, we have uh, Chukat and Balak, and so it's uh, chapters 19, so Numbers chapters ni- chapter 19 uh, through 25 verse 9. And since it's a double week on the Torah portion schedule, uh, it's a very long uh, portion this morning, so it's going to take us a while to get through it. Let me give you the breakdown from TorahPortions.org. So we have Chuchat, uh, uh, it's the 39th reading from the Torah, uh, and it means statue, and the name is derived from the second verse of the reading. This is the statute of the law which the Lord has commanded. And that's Numbers chapter 19, verse 2. And uh, Kukat represents uh, presents the mysterious laws of the red heifer ceremony for purification after contact with human death. This reading also contains the story of Moses striking the rock, the stories of the death of Aaron and Miriam, and the wars with the Amorites. And the portion concludes with the host of Israel encamping on the edge of the promised land. And then the second Parsha for today, Balak. Uh, Balak was the name of the Moabite king in the days of Moses. And it's also the name of the 14th read, or 40th reading from the Torah. It comes from the second verse of this week's reading, which says, Now Balak... The son of Zippor saw all that Israel had done to the Amorites. And so this week's Torah reading uh, tells the story of how Balak hires the occult prophet Balaam to lay a curse on Israel. Balaam meets resistance from God, has a conversation with his donkey, and ends up blessing Israel instead of cursing them. So that is the storyline some weird stuff that's going to be happening. So we have the ceremony of the red heifer, the water of Mirabah, passage through Edom is refused, the death of Aaron, the bronze serpent, the journey to Moab, we have King Sohan defeated, King Og defeated, Balak summons Balaam to curse Israel, Balaam and the donkey and the angel, you got that whole thing going on. Then you have Balaam's first and second and third oracle, fourth oracle, and then a worship of Baal of of per or so a lot going on uh, this is a huge portion that's going to take us a little while to get through this morning I'm going to continue to read um, from the holy scriptures like I've been doing the last few weeks I've just kind of enjoyed switching it up a little bit um, I'll try to translate the Hebrew words uh, on the fly um, but hopefully you're kind of getting used to some of those um, yeah all right, so I think that kind of sets the stage. Uh, just a quick reminder, the website, www.scriptureandprophecy.com. That's where you go to find the archives, and that's where you go to support this work. And uh, I just want to say thank you to all the Patreon subscribers that make this happen on a monthly basis. Couldn't do it without you guys. Thank you so much. All right. Let's begin. Chapter 19, we're reading from the Hallelujah Scriptures. Lots to get through this morning. Let's begin. Oh, and one more thing. Sorry, before we get started. For those who would be interested in uh, beginner level basic training videos on biblical and modern Hebrew, 
if you just go to scriptureandprophecy.com slash Hebrew, that'll take you uh, where you need to go. So scriptureandprophecy.com forward slash Hebrew. That's where you can go, and it's all free. You do have to sign up for the email list, and then it's and then the links are sent to you. Um, but that's, yeah, so we've got five or six videos, I think, at this point. It'll teach you the alphabet, all that stuff for those who are interested. All right. Last announcement. All right, let's get, let's get on it. Chapter 19, verse 1. Here's what it says. And Yehovah spoke to Moshe and to Aaron, saying, this is a law of the Torah which, Yeho- which Yehovah has commanded, saying, Speak to the children of Israel, that they bring you a red heifer, a perfect one in which there is no blemish, and on which a yoke has never come. And you shall give it to Eleazar the Kohen, that is to say priest, and he shall bring it outside the camp and shall slaughter it before him. And Eleazar the Kohen shall take some of, the, some of its blood with his finger, sprinkle some of his blood seven times toward the front of the tent of appointment and the heifer shall be burned before his eyes he burns its hide and its flesh and its blood and its dung and the Kohen shall take cedar wood and hyssop and scarlet and throw them into the midst of the fire burning the heifer the Kohen shall then wash his garments and shall bathe his body in water and afterwards come into the camp but the Kohen is unclean until evening. And he who is burning, yet washes his garments in water, and shall bathe his body in water, and is unclean until evening. And a clean man shall gather up the ashes of the heifer, and shall place them outside the camp in the clean place. And they shall be kept for the congregation of the children of Israel, for the water for uncleanliness, it is for cleansing from sin. And he who gathers the ashes of the heifer shall wash his garments, and is unclean until evening, and it shall be a law forever to the children of Israel, and to the stranger who sojourns in their midst. He who touches the dead of any human being is unclean for seven days. He is to cleanse himself with the water on the third day, and on the seventh day he is clean. But if he does not cleanse himself on the third day, then on the seventh day he is not clean. Anyone who touches the dead of a human being and does not cleanse himself defiles the Mishkan of Yehovah. And that being shall be cut off from Yisrael. He is unclean, for the water for the uncleanliness was not sprinkled on him. His uncleanliness is still upon him. This is the Torah when a man dies in a tent. All who come into the tent and all who are in the tent are unclean for seven days. And every open vessel which has no cover fastened on it is unclean. Anyone in the open field who touches someone slain by a sword or who has died or bone of a man or a grave is unclean for seven days. And for the unclean being, they shall take some of the ashes of the heifer burnt for cleansing from sin, and running water shall be put on them in a vessel. And a clean man shall take hyssop and dip it in the water and shall sprinkle it on the tent and on all the vessels and on the beings who were there or on the one who touched a bone or the slain or the dead or a grave. The clean one shall sprinkle the unclean on the third day and on the seventh day and on the seventh day he shall cleanse himself and shall wash his garments and bathe in water 
and shall be clean in the evening. But the man who is unclean and does not cleanse himself, that being shall be cut off from among the assembly, because he has defiled the mikdash of Yehovah. Water for uncleanliness and has been sprinkled on him. He is unclean. And it should be a law for them forever. And the one who sprinkles the water for uncleanliness washes his garments. And the one who touches the water for uncleanliness is unclean until evening. And whatever the unclean being touches is unclean. And the being who touches it is unclean until evening. Chapter 20 And the children of Israel, all the congregation, came into the wilderness of sin. In the first month, and the people stayed in Kadesh. And Miriam died there and was buried there. Now there was no water for the congregation, and they assembled against Moshe and against Aaron. And after the people contended with Moshe and spoke, saying, If only we had died when our brothers died before Yehovah. Why have you brought up the assembly of Yehovah into this wilderness that we and our livestock should die here? And why have you brought us about of Mitzrayim, that is to say Egypt, to bring us to this evil place? Not a place of grain or figs or vines or pomegranates, and there is no water to drink. Then Moshe and Aaron went from the presence of the assembly to the door of the tent of appointment, and they fell on their faces, and the esteem of Yehovah appeared to them. And Yehovah spoke to Moshe, saying, Take the rod and, the assemble, of the, and assemble the congregation, you and your brother Aaron, and you shall speak to the rock before their eyes, and it shall give its water. And you shall bring water for them out of the rock and give to drink to the congregation and their livestock. And Moshe took the rod from before Yehovah as he commanded. And Moshe and Aaron assembled the assembly before the rock, and he said to them, Hear now, you rebels. Shall we bring water for you out of this rock? Then Moshe lifted his hand and struck the rock twice with his rod, and much water came out. And the congregation and their livestock drank. But Yehovah spoke to Moshe and to Aaron, because you did not believe me, to kadosh me in the eyes of the children of Israel. Therefore you do not bring this assembly into the land which I have given them. These were the waters of Mirabah, because of the children of Israel contended with Yehovah, and he was Kadosh among them, that is to say hallowed, to say set apart. Now it appears that because Moses hit the rock versus speaking to it, which is what Yehovah commanded him, that he is now being told that he will not enter into the promised land. It says here, verse 11, Then Moshe lifted his hand and struck the rock twice with his rod, and much water came out, and the congregation and their livestock drank. But Yahweh spoke to Moshe and to Aaron, Because you did not believe me to kadosh, to set me apart, to hallowed me in the eyes of the children of Israel, therefore you do not bring this assembly into the land which I gave them. So he's saying, you're not going to do it. Seems very harsh, doesn't it? Let's continue on. But I should also note, I, I said it seems very harsh, but we should understand, like the scriptures say, to whom much is given, much is expected, right? There's a higher expectation for those who are appointed to shepherd God's people. That's why it's a fearful thing to be considered a leader in the Christian space. Because 
In the eyes of God, it's a very big deal that comes with very big responsibilities and very big repercussions. And even doing this podcast, I must admit, at times, I am troubled. I am troubled by that notion. Let's move on. Verse 14. And Moshe sent messengers from Kadesh to the sovereign of Edom. This is what your brother Yisrael said. You know all the hardship that has befallen us. That our fathers went down to Mitzrayim, that is to say Egypt, and were dwelt in Mitzrayim a long time. And the Mistrites, the Egyptians, did the evil to us and our fathers. And we cried out to Yehovah. And he heard our voice and sent the messenger and brought us about of Mitzrayim. And see, we are in Kadesh, a city on the edge of your brothers, of your border. Please let us pass over through your land. We shall not pass over through fields or vineyards, nor drink water from wells. We shall go along the sovereign's highway. We shall not turn aside right or left until we have passed over your border. But Edom said to him, You do not pass over through me, lest I come out against you with the sword. And the children of Israel said to him, We shall go by the highway. And if I or my livestock drink any of your water, then I shall pay for it. Let me only pass over on foot without a word. But he said, You do not pass over. And Edom came out against him with many men and with a strong hand. So when Edom refused to let Israel pass over through the border, Israel turned away from him. And the children of Israel, all the company, departed from Kadesh and came to Mount Or. And Jehovah spoke to Moshe and to Aaron in Mount Or, near the border of the land of Edom, saying, Aaron is to be gathered to his people. For he is not to enter the land which I have given to the children of Israel, because you rebelled against my mouth at the water of Meribah. Take Aaron and Eleazar his son, and bring them up to Mount Or. And strip Aaron of his garments, and put them on Eleazar his son, for Aaron is to be gathered to his people, and die there. Moshe did as Jehovah commanded, and they went up to Mount Or before the eyes of all the congregation. And Moshe stripped Aaron of his garments, and put them on Eleazar his son. And Aaron died there on top of the mountain. And Moshe and Eleazar came down from the mountain, when all the congregation saw that Aaron was dead, all the house of Israel wept for Aaron thirty days. Chapter twenty-one. And the sovereigns of Arad, the Canaanite, who dwelt in Negeb, heard that Israel was coming on the way to Atharim, and fought against Israel and took some of them captive. Then Israel made a vow to Yehovah and said, If you deliver this people into the hand, indeed, then I shall put their cities under the ban. And Yehovah listened to the voice of Israel and gave up the Canaanites, and they put them and their cities under the ban. So the name of the place was called Hormah, and they departed from Mount Hor by the way of the Sea of Reeds to go around the land of Edom. But the being of the people grew impatient because of the way. And the people spoke against Elohim and against Moshe, Why have you brought us up out of Mitzrayim to die in the wilderness? For there is no food and no water, and our being loathes this light bread. 
And Yahweh sent fiery serpents among the people, and they bit the people, and many died of the people of Israel. And many of the people of Israel died. Real quick, you know, one thing, one theme, which is what's really led to them having to want for 40 years anyway, is the constant complaining, the constant grumbling. Why did you bring us out of Egypt? We want to go back to our slavery. By the way, human beings haven't changed. This is still the mindset of the people. Just look at what's going on in the country today. People prefer slavery, prefer government overreach, prefer to be uh, controlled in order to have some notion of ease. So, you know, they're they're thinking, oh, we could eat figs. So we'd rather go back there. We could, you know, it's always about the food and the water. And no matter how many miracles have been performed, they still grumble, still grumble. And what's been made clear through this study is that God absolutely despises the grumbling. And so we should remember that. I should remember that. I find myself with a grumbling spirit sometime about the things that are going on and the way the world is and... God takes it very, very seriously. Here, they're grumbling again for the millionth time. And this time, God sends serpents in to bite them. Very serious. It says here that many of the people of Israel died. Verse 7. Then the people came to Moshe and said, We have sinned, for we have spoken against Yahweh and against you. Pray to Yahweh to take away the serpents from us. So Moshe prayed on behalf of the people. And Yehovah said to Moshe, Make a fiery serpent and put it on a pole. And it should be that everyone who is bitten, when they look at it, shall live. So Moshe made a bronze serpent and put it on a pole. When it came to be, if the serpent had bitten anyone, when he looked at the bronze serpent, he lived. And the children of Israel departed and camped in Oboth. And they parted from Oboth and camped at Lai Ha Abrim in the wilderness which is east of Moab, toward sunrise. From there they departed and camped at the Wadi Zered. From there they departed and camped on the other side of, the, of Arnon, which is in the wilderness that extends from the border of the Amorites. For the, Aran, for the Arnon is the border of Moab between Moab and the Amorites. Therefore it is said, in the book of the battles of Jehovah, Waheb in Subah, the Wadi Arnon, and a slope of the Wadi that turns aside to the dwelling of Ar and lies on the border of Moab. And from there on Ba'ir, which is the well where Jehovah said to Moshe, Gather the people and let me give them water. Israel then sang this song Spring up, O well, sing to it. A well the leader sank, which the nobles of the people dug by hacking with their staves. Then from the wilderness on to Matanah, from Matanah to Nahalel, and from Nahalel to Bamath, and from Bamath in the valley that is in the country of Moab to the top of Pisgah, which looks down on the west land. And Israel sent messengers to Sihon, sovereign of the Amorites, saying, let me pass through your land. We shall not turn off into the fields or vineyards. We shall not drink water from the wells, but go by the sovereign's highway until we have passed over your border. 
But Sihan would not allow Yisrael to pass through his borders. So Sihan gathered all the people together and went out against Yisrael in the wilderness. And he came to Yahatz and fought against Yisrael. And Yisrael smote him with the edge of the sword and took possessions of his land from Arnon to Yakbag, as far as the children of Ammon, and from the border of the children of Ammon was strong. And Israel took these cities, and Israel dwelt in all the cities of the Amorites, and in Heshbon and its villages, for Heshbon was the city of Sichon, the sovereign of the Amorites, who had fought against the former sovereign of Moab, and had taken all his land from his hand as far as Arnon. That is why those who speak in Proverbs say, Come to Heshbon, let the city of Sihon be built for built and established. For fire went out from Heshbon, a flame from the city of Sihon. It consumed Ar of Moab and the masters in the heights of Arnon. Woe to you, Moab! You have perished, O people of Chemosh! He has given his sons as fugitives and his daughters into the captivity to Sahan, the sovereigns of the Amorites. Then we shot them. Heshbon was perished as far as Dibon, and we laid waste as far as Nobah, which reaches to Medeba. So Israel dwelt in the land of the Amorites. And Moshe sent to spy out Yezar, and they took its villages and drove out the Amorites who were there and turned and went up by the way of Bashan, and Og, sovereign of Bashan, went out against him, and went out against him, he and all his people, to battle at Edri. And Yehovah said to Moshe, Do not fear him, for I have given him into your hand, with all his people and his land. And you shall do to him as you did to Sahan, sovereign of the Amorites, who dwelled at Heshbron. And they smote him and his sons and all the people, until no remnant was left of him. And they took possession of his land. Chapter 22 And the children of Israel departed and camped in the desert plains of Moab beyond Yardin of Yeraho. And Balak, son of Zipbar, saw all that Israel had done to the Amorites. And Moab was exceedingly afraid of the people because they were many. And Moab was in dread because of the children of Israel. And Moab said to the elders of Midian, Now this company is licking up all that is around us, as an ox licks up the grass of the field. Now Balak, son of Zephor, was a sovereign of the Moabites at the time. And he sent messengers to Bilam, son of Baor, at Pethor, which is near the river in the land of the sons of his people, to call him, saying, See, a people has come from Mitzrayim, that is to say Egypt, See, they have covered the surface of the land and are settling next to me. And now please come at once, curse this people for me, for they are too strong for me. It might be that I smite them and drive them out of the land, for I know that he whom you Barak is Baruch. In other words, he's saying, whom you bless is blessed, and whom you curse is cursed. And the elders of Moab and the elders of Midian left with a divination fee in their hand, and they came to Balaam and spoke the words of Balak to him. And he said to them, Spend the night here, and I shall bring back word to you as Jehovah speaks to me. So the heads of Moab stayed with Balaam. 
And Elohim came to Balaam and said, Who are these men with you? Balaam had said to Elohim, Balak, son of Sippor, sovereign of Moab, has sent to me, saying, See, a people has came out of Mitzrayim, and to cover the surface of the land. Come now, curse them for me. It might be that I am able to fight against them and drive them out. And Elohim said to Balaam, Do not go with them. You do not curse the people, for they are Baruch, that is to say, blessed. And Balaam rose in the morning, and he said to the heads of Balak, Go back to your land, for Jehovah has refused to allow me to go with you. And the heads of Moab arose and went to Balak and said, Balaam refuses to come with us. Then Balak again sent heads, more numerous and more esteemed than they. And they came to Balaam and they said, This is what Balak, son of Zippor, said. Do not be withheld from coming to me, please. For I esteem you very greatly, and whatever you say to me, I do. Therefore, please, come curse this people for me. Balaam answered and said to the sovereign of Balak, Though Balak were to give me his house filled with silver and gold, I am unable to go beyond the word of Yehovah, my Elohim, to do less or more. And now, please, you also stay here tonight and let me find out what more Yehovah says to me. You know, I have to stop and just say what's interesting about Balaam is he's like not part of Israel, but he is a prophet who is able to speak and commune with Yehovah, with God. Just find that interesting for whatever it's worth. Let's continue on. And now please, you also stay here tonight and let me find out what more Yehovah says to me. And Elohim came to Balaam at night and said to him, If the men come to call you, rise and go with them, but only the word which I speak to you that you do. Balaam rose in the morning and saddled his donkey, and he went with the heads of Moab. But the displeasure of Elohim burned because he went, and the messenger of Yehovah stationed himself in the way as an adversary against him. And he was riding on his donkey, and his two servants were there with him. And the donkey saw the messenger of Yehovah standing in the way with his drawn sword in his hand, and the donkey turned aside out of the way and went into the field. So Balaam beat the donkey and turned her back unto the way. So what we have here is an angel of Yehovah, a messenger of Yehovah with a sword drawn. The donkey can see it. Balaam cannot. I often wonder, and this has nothing to do with the story, but I often wonder if animals can actually see uh, the spirit realm, can see uh, uh, angels or demonic presences and things of that nature um i just speculate that i just wonder anyway let's move on we're gonna run out of time then the messenger of yehovah stood in a narrow passage between the vineyards with a wall on the side and a wall on that side and when the donkey saw the messenger of yehovah she pushed herself against the wall and crushed balaam's foot against the wall so he beat her again and the messenger of Yehovah went further and stood in a narrow place where there was no way to turn aside right or left. And when the donkey saw the messenger of Yehovah, she lay down under Balaam. So Balaam's displeasure burned, and he beat the donkey with his staff. Then Yehovah opened the mouth of the donkey, and she said to Balaam, What have I done to you that you have beaten me these three times? Now, real quick, before I continue on this story, it's important to note 
that according to the Book of Jubilees, and you can look this up uh, on my YouTube channel, Jubilees, found with the Dead Sea Scrolls, many, many, many manuscripts. There's a large manuscriptual evidence for the Book of Jubilees, found with the Dead Sea Scrolls, says that before the flood, the animals could speak. We also notice that Eve, when she's approached by a talking serpent, does not say or seem to respond with fear or dismay about the fact that a serpent is talking. Doesn't seem strange to her. And so according to Jubilees, the animals could speak until the flood and their mouths were closed. And here we have Yehovah opening the mouth of Balaam's donkey. Just food for thought. Then, the, then Yehovah opened the mouth of the donkey, and she said to Balaam, What have I done to you that you have beaten me these three times? And Balaam said to the donkey, Because you have mocked me, if there were a sword in my hand, for I would have killed you by now. And the donkey said to Balaam, I am not your donkey on which you have ridden. Ever, am I not your donkey on which you have ridden ever since I became yours to this day? Was I ever known to do so to you? And he said, No. Then Yehovah opened Balaam's eyes, and he saw the messenger of Yehovah standing in the way with his sword drawn in his hand, and he bowed his head and fell on his face. Please note, it's also interesting that Balaam isn't, like, put off by the fact that his donkey's talking. Let's continue. Verse 32, And the messenger of Yehovah said to him, Why have you beaten your donkey these three times? See, I have come out to stand against you because your way is reckless before me. And the donkey saw me and turned aside from me these three times. If she had not turned aside from me, I certainly would have killed you by now and let her live. And Balaam said to the messenger of Yahweh, I have sinned, for I did not know you stood in the way against me. And now, if evil is in your eyes, let me turn back. And the messenger of Yahweh said to Balaam, Go with the men, but only the word that I speak to you that you speak. Balaam then went to the heads of Balak. And when Balak heard that Balaam was coming, he went out to meet him on the city of Moab, which is on the border at Arnon which was in the extremity of the border. And Balak said to Balaam, Did I not urgently send to you, calling for you? Why do you not come to me? I am not able to esteem you. And Balaam said to Balak, See, I have come to you. Now I am all, now I at all able to say somewhat. The word that Elohim puts in my mouth that I speak. And Balaam went with Balak, and they came to Karath, Hitzotz, and Balak slaughtered cattle and sheep, and he sent some to Balaam and the two heads who were with him. And it came to be in the morning that Balak took Balaam and brought him up to the high places of Baal. And from there he saw the extremity of the camp. Chapter 23 And Balaam said to Balak, Build seven altars for me here. And prepare seven bulls and seven rams for me here. And Balak did as Balaam had spoken, and Balak and Balaam offered a bull and a ram on each altar. Balaam then said to Balak, Stand by your burnt offering and let me go on. It might be that Yehovah comes to meet me. And whatever he shows me, I shall declare to you. And he went to bear height. And Elohim came to Balaam, and he said to him, I have prepared the seven altars, and I have offered one, offered on each altar a bull and a ram. 
And Yahweh put a word in the mouth of Balaam and said, Return to Balak, and this is what you say. And he returned to him, and he saw him standing by his burnt offering, he and all the heads of Moab. And he took up the proverb and said, Balak, the sovereign of Moab, has brought me from Aram, from Aram, from the mountains of the east. Come curse Jacob for me, and come rage at Israel. How do I curse whom El has not cursed? And how do I rage at Yahweh who has not raged? For from the tops of the rocks I see him, and from the hills I observe him. Look, a people dwelling alone, not reckoning itself among the nations. Who shall count the dust of Jacob? And the number of one-fourth of Israel? Let me die the death of, of this upright, and let my end be like his. And Balak said to Balaam, What have you done to me? I took you to curse my enemies, and look, you have kept on barakah, in other words, blessing. And he answered and he said, Should I take heed to speak what Yehovah has put in my mouth? And Balak said to him, Please come with me to another place from where you see them. You only see the extremity, but not all of them. Curse them for me from there. And he took him to the field of Tasafim, to the top of Pisgah, and built seven altars and offered a bull and a ram each altar. And he said to Balak, Stand here. By your burnt offering while I meet over there. And Yehovah came to Balaam and put a word in his mouth, and he said, Go back to Balak and say this. So he went to him, and he saw him standing by his burnt offering, and the heads of Moab with him, and Balak asked him, What did Yehovah say? And he took up his proverb, and he said, Rise up, Balak, and hear, listen to me, son of Sippor. El is not a man to lie, nor a son of man to repent. Has he said... And he, and would he not do it, or spoken, and would not confirm it? See, I have received to Barak, and he has Barak, and I do not reverse it. I have seed to bless, and he has not blessed, and I do not reverse it. And he has not looked upon wickedness in Yahakob, nor has he seen trouble in Yisrael. Yehovah, his Elohim, is with him, and the shout of the sovereign is in him. El, who brought them out of Mitzrayim, that is to say, Egypt is for them like the horns of a wild ox. For there is no sorcery against Jacob, nor is there any divination against Israel. Now it is said to Jacob and to Israel, What has El done? Look, a people rises like a lioness and lifts up itself like a lion. It lies not down until it devours the prey and drinks the blood of the slain. And Balak said to Balaam, do not curse them at all, nor bless them at all. And Balaam answered, and he said to Balak, Haven't I spoken to you, saying, All that Yehovah speaks, that I do? And Balak said to Balaam, Please come, let me take you to another place. It might be right in the eyes of Elohim that you curse them for me from there. And Balak took Balaam to the top of Peor, that overlooks the wasteland. And Balaam said that Balak built seven altars for me here, and prepare seven bulls and seven rams for me here. And Balak did as Balaam had said, and offered a bull and a ram on each altar. Chapter 24 And when Balaam saw that it pleased Jehovah to Barak Yisrael, he did, not go at, he did not go as at the other times to seek to use sorcery, but he put his face toward the wilderness. 
And Balaam lifted up his eyes and saw Yisrael encamped according to their tribes, and the Ruach, that is to say the spirit, of Elohim came upon him. And he took up his proverbs and he said, The saying of Balaam, son of Baor, and the saying of the man whose eyes were opened, the saying of him who hears the words of El, who sees the visions of El Shaddai, who falls down with his eyes open wide. How good are your tents, O Yaakov, your dwellings, O Yisrael, like waters that stretch out, like gardens by the river, like aloes planted by Yehovah, like cedars beside waters. He makes water flow from his buckets, and his seed is in many waters. His sovereign is higher than Agag, and his reign is exalted. El, who brought him up out of Mitzrayim, for it is them like the horns of the wild ox. He devours nations, his enemies, and he breaks their bones, and he strikes through with, their, with his arrows. He bowed down, he lay down like a lion, and like a lion, who would rouse him? Barak, that is to say, bless is he who blesses you, and cursed is he who curses you. Then the displeasure of Balak burned against Balaam, and he struck his hands together. Balak then said to Balaam, I summoned you to curse my enemies, and see, you have kept on Barakah blessing these three times. And now flee to your place. I said I would greatly esteem you, and see, Yehovah has kept you back from esteem. And Balaam said to Balak, Did I not also speak to you, to your messengers, whom you sent to me, saying, If Balak should give me his house filled with silver and gold, I am unable to go beyond the word of Yehovah, to do either good or evil of my own heart? What Yehovah speaks, that I speak. And now, see, I am going to my people. Come, let me advise you what this people is going to do to your people in the latter days. And he took up his proverb and he said, The saying of Balaam, son of Baor, and the saying of the man whose eyes are opened, the saying of him who hears the words of El and knows the knowledge of the Most High, who sees the visions of El Shaddai, who falls down with eyes open wide. I see him, but not now. I observe him, but not near. A star shall come out of Jacob, and a scepter shall rise out of Israel, and shall smite the corners of Moab, and shall destroy all the sons of Sheth. And Edom shall be a possession, and Seir shall be a possession. Enemies in Israel is doing mightily. And a ruler shall come from Jacob, and destroy the remnant from Ar. Then he looked on Amalek, and he took up his proverb and said, Amalek was first among the nations, but his latter end is to perish forever. He then looked upon the Canaanites, and he took up his proverb and said, Firm is your dwelling place, and your nest is placed in the rock, but Cain is to be burned. To when does Ashur keep you captive? And he took up his proverb and he said, Oh, who lives when El does this? And the ships shall come from the coast of Kitten. And they shall afflict Ashur and afflict Eber, and shall and so shall Amalek, and he also perish. And Balaam arose and left and returned to his place, and Balak also went his way. And Israel dwelt in Chittim, and the people began to whore with the daughters of Moab, and they invited people to their slaughterings of their mighty ones, and the people ate and bowed down to their mighty ones. Thus Yisrael was joined to Baal, Poir, and the displeasure of Yehovah burned against Yisrael. And Yehovah said to Moshe, 
Take all the leaders of the people and hang them up before Yehovah, before the sun, so that the burning displeasure of Yehovah turns away from Yisrael. And Moshe said to the judges of Yisrael, Each one of you slay his men who were joined to Baal Poir. And you see, one of the children of Yisrael came and brought to his brothers a Midianite woman before the eyes of Moshe and before the eyes of all the congregation of the children of Israel who were weeping at the door of the tent of appointment. And when Penehas, son of Eleazar, son of Aaron, the queen saw it, he rose up from among the congregation and took a spear in his hand and he went after the man of Israel into the tent and thrust both of them through the man of Israel, the woman through her abdomen. Thus the plague among the children of Israel came to a stop. And those who died in the plague were 24,000. And that is the end of our Porsche for this week. And very uh, kind of crazy uh, towards the end there. Um, so that last verse, and behold, one of the people of Israel, I'm reading a different translation real quick here came and brought a Midianite woman to his family in the sight of Moses and in the sight of the whole congregation and the people of Israel while they were weeping at the entrance of the tent of meeting. And when Phinehas, the son of Eliezer, son of Aaron, the priest saw it, he rose and he let the congregation, took a spear in his hand, and he went after the man of Israel into the chamber and pierced both of them, the man of Israel and the woman, through her belly. And then the plague of Israel was stopped. So you have here at the end... Um, the people of Israel beginning to whore with the daughters of Moab. And of course, this invited people to sacrifice of other gods, and they bowed down to gods, and basically Israel kind of yoked itself to Baal, and the anger of the Lord was kindled. And so that's what kind of led to this last little part. I'll end by saying this. What destroys God's people is usually not the doing of other nations or other people. It's when God's people stray from God and go after evil and pursue wickedness. And then that's what leads to the destruction of God's people. We've seen it in Israel over and over and over, right? They go chasing after false gods. The next thing you know, they go into captivity or they're destroyed. I wonder if that is similar to something happening in our own day. As the church uh, runs full speed towards apostasy, perverts the grace of the Messiah, perverts the grace of God, chases after everything except true righteousness and holiness whores with other gods made of our own images. I wonder if that's what's leading to the fall that we're seeing right now. Could be. That's why the scriptures talk about if my people who are called by my name will repent, right? Turn from their wicked ways and seek my face. That's what it's going to take. Well, this has been a long portion and I just pray that something came from this that's a blessing to you this morning. And I hope that you enjoyed it, even in spite of me and my poor uh, reading skills. 
Uh, but I hope you were still blessed nonetheless. All right. That's all I have for you this morning. Peace and grace be with all of you. And until next time, God bless.